It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. It's a great day to talk about some X-Wing, particularly some international X-Wing today. Yeah, so we actually just saw the wrap-up of the uh, XTC. That's the X-Wing Team Championships, the group rounds. We've still got the final coming up here in about a month. But today we're going to be going over some of the results from that event. We're going to look at the story of Team USA through the six rounds that they had to play. We're going to look a little bit at the uh, top ten that's going to be going into the finals in the end of August. And we're also going to look a little bit at how the different factions performed. It was kind of an interesting format for the tournament. So it, it gave us some interesting data we can look at and extrapolate from. Yeah, this was a big event. Uh, lots of teams, lots of players, lots of lists. Um, so there's a lot to cover. So I think we just got to get right to it. All right. So I think the ideal way here, just a quick recap on uh, the way the event is structured here. So the XTC is a truly international event, thanks to the... Uh, Wonderful folks working on the tabletop simulator version of X-Wing. This event is taken with uh, teams participating from all over the world, which has been uh, an amazing experience. You've enjoyed it, right, Carson? Uh, This has been without a doubt. I mean, I've loved like every X-Wing event I've played in, but this has been without a doubt my favorite by far. It's, It's just been truly incredible to be a part of it. And with this amazing event, too, we've also seen an interesting structure to it. So it is a team championship. So Carson's been part of Team USA. Um, All the teams participating were broken down into five different groups, uh, lettered A through E. And then those teams would play every other team in their group, with the top two performing teams from each group advancing to the top 10 for the finals to be played at the end of August. Right. So we have a round-robin group stage, and then we have a round-robin... I guess finals is maybe not the right word, like playoffs, uh, but from those final 10 teams playing in that that round robin there, we will have our overall winner decided. So as we're doing our recap here, Carson, for the group rounds, I thought it would be good to first look at it from the lens of kind of the, t- the Team USA story, right? We had a really strong performance all the way through, and uh, you got to be a part of that. In a, in a big way. So I thought we'd kind of just go quick here week by week and look at the uh, the teams that USA played against and how those rounds went. So we started off with uh, the first first round going against Team Sweden. Yeah, and this was probably one of the closest battles for Team USA starting week one. Uh, Sweden's a great team with a lot of great players. The USA did win six and one. Um, a lot of those games were very close. Uh, one on the last turn. And, you know, this is is where I had um, probably the most unbelievable win uh, (laughs) in in a game that, you know, when you're down by a lot, it is very hard to come back. Uh, And when you have one health left, it's that's really tough. (laughs) Um, So that was crazy. But somehow USA managed to win that uh, week one against Sweden six to one, which was a really good start. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of just sets the tone, too, because, you know, on paper, a 6-1 and one victory looks pretty commanding. But having seen, you know, how Team USA had to perform that week, um, that was not at all an easy win or uh, felt like a confident win. So even though on paper, it looks like you guys just crushed it, and you did in a way, um, that was still a hard-fought battle. And there'd be plenty more of those throughout the event, even going into next week when you played against Team Hungary, also racking up a 6-1 and one win. 
yeah, and Hungary uh, performed very well overall. They finished third in our group, uh, but we did manage that 6-1 win again. Um, and I had another win uh, where I was down by quite a bit as well. <laughs> um, so I, just all these games were, you know, very close. You're playing tough opponents um, and, and it's it's great to get that big win um, at the end. That's that's the main result that gets recorded. But these are close games. But it's awesome to you know come out on top again. Right. And that wouldn't even end up being the uh, strongest win record for a round for Team USA. That would be the following week against Chile, where we went seven and oh, I say we I I like to feel that's the that's the part of the international thing, right? I don't have to participate really at all. And I get to claim claim the title of us winning seven and oh against Chile. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely, you know, helped me practice some of these matchups in in these weeks. So that's fair. I actually probably this is this is definitely part of your win. Uh, no, that was, uh, you know, the the strongest record you had for the whole event, which was a good way to go. Now, that was kind of juxtaposed to what happened the following week against Team Spain, where things uh, got a little sad for Team USA. Right. Um, Spain, the winner of the last um, XTC in 2019, um, who finished second in our group. Yeah, they beat us five to two. Uh, and those, I you know, to Team USA's credit, I think those were also very close games, but... Uh, it's hard to, you know, have these close games every week and, you know, get lucky and come out ahead, right? We got lucky against Sweden. Uh, that did not happen against Spain. And a lot of close losses added up to that 2-5 um, loss. And then we had another hard week right after that. That's when we had our bye. Um, and so, yeah, we had 38 teams competing. So not quite an even split into five um, 18 groups. So uh, we were in one of the seven uh, team groups. So we had a bye week. Wait, um, no, I got to ask about the bye week here. So coming off of the loss against Team Spain, did, do you think it made it more difficult having to dwell on that and have a whole week to think about it? Or did that help prepare you for the round against Malta? I think it um, did let us dwell on it. And I think that was a good thing. I think it's sometimes it's good to sit with a loss and be like, you know what? I don't like how this feels. I'm going to put in the work to make sure we don't get to this position again. (laughs) And I think that's what that break uh, did for us. And I think, uh, you know, this is a month in, right? We get this break. That was a great timing for us. Um, This is a long draining event. Yeah. You're playing one game a week uh, that counts, right? But there's all these practice games trying to understand all the matchups. It's a lot. And so having that break partway through was great to recharge, come off that loss and and look into those final two weeks. Yeah. And you guys did turn things around there from the loss against Spain going into week six. You played against Malta and ended up with a 5-2 record there and then repeated that win record against Australia the following week. Yeah. And I actually um, did not play this week in Malta. I took a sub. Um, got to go visit my grandpa and brother in California. So that was great. Um, but shout out to Tommy Adams who jumped in um, and picked up another resistance win against Malta. Uh, and yeah, team USA got the job done. Um, one of the things I love about this team is our subs are just as strong as any player on the team. Uh, it doesn't matter who's flying these lists. We're, we're going to, we're going to do a good job. Uh, so it's great to have that confidence in your team and have that be rewarded. Team USA placing fourth overall in the top 10, though I, I guess the I mean the seeding isn't of huge importance here because when we get to the, the finale, um, everyone's going to play everyone anyway. But that's also kind of not entirely representative of how Team USA, because theoretically, guys, could have placed higher had you played on that off week. 
right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really great team that our captain, Marcel Manzano, has put together. Um, and I think I think we can put up wins quite a few weeks. So, you know, not playing a game one week, um, I think odds are that that likely goes to Team USA. Um, but I mean, still, like, not really complaining. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Like, we did great, but... Um, you know, if the teams who played all seven rounds, like that's a big feature, not having, not having a week off. That's fine. I mean, team USA did end up with the highest individual win percentage. So I think that's worth mentioning. It makes us feel good for sure. <laughs> all right. So let's look at the top 10 here. So, uh, two teams from each group advance to the top 10 where they'll play at the end of August. So let's, uh, look a little bit at the wins, win totals and win records here, starting with group a. Yeah, so for Group A, our second place team advancing is Italy with a record of five and two, and the highest total wins in the tournament at thirty six. Yeah, so I mean, you, that's that's a mark on its own. Uh, they did get to play the full se- uh, full seven weeks worth of rounds, but getting a winning record, obviously, like we said, um, playing all rounds, you still have to win that extra round. So, uh, huge accomplishment here by Team Italy, and then. Leading Group A, we have Team Singapore. Shout out to XY. Right. He's been on the show. Our, their captain there on Team Singapore with a record of 6-1 and one and a total win count of 31. So congratulations to Italy and Singapore there. They're advancing on. Yeah, and so with each of these groups, the top 10 teams from the previous um, XTC were spread out amongst the five groups. Singapore, who led group a at the end there uh was not ranked right they had not played in a previous xtc uh kind of an unknown quality here and showing that yes singapore is of the highest quality <laughs> uh which um you know the few singapore players who've made it over to the u.s have done exceptionally well yeah so, so no we surprise there <laughs> but yeah awesome to see that they can fill out a full team of excellent players and, and put up a great result there. Well, and obviously we're not diminishing uh, Italy's performance or any team's performance at all. Um, I do think it is a great opportunity though, because having done well in the previous XTC meant you weren't necessarily forced to play against one of the other great teams. Um, so it raised your chance of getting out of your group. So for Singapore to overwhelm some teams who, you know, had higher placement, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, Italy expected to do well, 36 wins. That's very good too. Um, all right, moving on to Group B. Yeah, so we had uh, coming in second place for Group B, we had Germany with a record of 5-2 and two with a total wins of 28. And then leading Group B, we have Peru with um, an overall record of 6-1 and one and a total win count of 35 wins. Uh, and so I think Peru kind of placed the best overall of any team here in the XCC. They had, you know, they got six wins and a very high win count, you know, one behind Italy there. Um, They almost went undefeated, lost, lost in the last week there. But um, I mean, absolutely amazing performance by Peru so far. Um, You know, Germany struggled a little bit. Those, you know, only 28 wins. Those were some narrow wins uh, a lot of their weeks. So, um, we'll see what they do in the finals, but definitely really impressed by Peru um, and expecting to see more um, great victory from them uh, at the end of August there. Just hopefully not against the USA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Over on the Group C side, we had uh, Team England finishing second in Group C with a record of 5-2, and two, a total of 34 wins overall, so very high win total there for England. Team Ireland finishing first, though, with only total wins of 30, but a record of 6-1. and one. So while they didn't get as many uh, individual game wins, they did win more of the rounds overall, though Canada was very painfully close to slipping in there, our cousins to the north. Yeah, there was a lot of close um, teams there at third, right? Poland, right at third in Group A. Um, a lot of lot of close um, battles, especially this last week. But in the end of it, only two teams could advance. So uh, good job, England. Good job, Ireland. Um, and we've touched on Group D a bit there. Um, but, you know, Spain again, um, they're the second place team advancing from Group D. Record of 5-1, and one, 26 overall wins. So, you know, Spain's struggling a bit, but they did smash us. So, um, you know, hard to knock them down. Definitely <laughs> a very skilled team. Um, if you want to watch some great games, I would definitely go back and watch like the U.S. Spain games. Like they play exceptionally well. Uh, those those are really fun games to watch. And of course, you know, United States finishing first in Group D. That brings us to Group E, though. Uh, second place, we had Team Switzerland with a record of four and two. So Group E, much like our group, Group D, playing only six rounds due to the uh, uneven or I guess uh, not evenly divisible number of teams playing in the event overall. Record of four two, though, with a total number of wins of 23. Yeah, Group E was a lot closer um, than a lot of the other groups. There was a lot of teams with the... You know, about 50% um, win records. Uh, but France did come out as the clear winner of Group E with a record of 5-1 and 25 total wins. And we're not going to go completely over uh, the way they're seeded into the top 10 because actually that's not hugely relevant here. Uh, we are going to see that the finals are going to be played the last weekend in August. That's August 28th and 29th. Um, and this will start very early for us in the United States. I think wasn't it starting like like two or three in the morning? I haven't us? like calculated exactly when it starts, but it is going to be very dark. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a time I should be asleep, and that's when we will be starting um, the the very wee hours of of Saturday morning for Team USA. Uh, so that'll be tough, uh, but it'll be fine. It's fine. The finals will again be a round robin format, so every team will play every team over the course of the event. And like we said, the um, seeding in the event is not particularly important because everyone plays everyone. So it's really going to be about getting those win records. Yeah. And so there'll be five games on Saturday, four games on Sunday, right? So that's nine games. You play all nine of the other teams um, in the that final round. And then whoever has the best record, right? That's that's who's going to win. Um, and so right, scoring for the um, XTC has been first that the overall team wins. And then your individual wins and then, you know, who wins head to head for tiebreaker and then it goes down to MOV. So a little different scoring system in the team event versus, you know, how normal individual X-Wing events are scored. And also this will be definitely live streamed. So if you want to get up early that weekend and watch um, some streams, these will be amazing games for sure. Now, Carson, how are you feeling um, with that event coming up in just over a month here? What do you feel about Team USA's chances of winning it all? I think we have a pretty good shot. I think there's a lot of great teams in there. Um, and I think USA is one of those great teams. And so, you know, we get a little time to recharge. We get to change our lists a bit if we want to. Um, I don't think points will be out in time for 
that to happen. We haven't heard anything about that. So, oh, wouldn't that uh, be amazing though if it was yeah, a new last point? minute oh. shakeup? They, they do a little bit of a a time cutoff, um, and so I don't think um, it'll impact it. Um, just so that teams do have time to repair. Either way, you know, obviously I'm rooting for Team USA. Either way, though, I think that's going to be a, an amazing weekend of X-Wing, and hopefully I can get myself awake early enough to, to watch some of those games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very tough. Um, you know, the group stage was tough, and this is going to be even harder, but I do think we have a shot, which I think makes it pretty exciting. So uh, we, we were able to pull a lot of interesting data from this event. I mean, so many games have been played, high-level games have been played over such a relatively short period of time, just about two months here. Um, we did pull some interesting information. We wanted to look a little bit at kind of how the factions broke down for this event. So, um, and there's a couple different ways you can look at it. The way we're going to be looking at it is just looking at the overall win performance and the average win performance of each faction. So this event's weird. Um, it's not like a traditional X-Wing event. So each team had to have a, a squad from each faction. Right. So seven players on a team, one faction per player. And so this is like a weird way to get faction statistics because usually it's like, okay, well, what percentage of each faction are people playing and then how are they performing? Well, that percentage of each faction is exactly even, which actually makes it a really... I think unique opportunity to look at how those factions are doing. Well, and there's a bunch more considerations too in constructing the list. Obviously you're using each faction. So you want to figure out what are the strongest parts of each faction, but also as you're building for lists, you're not building so much for any one particular metagame boogeyman um, because you're going to have to play up against a potentially a bunch of different factions. So maybe if one particular list was making up a huge percentage of kind of a conventional extended tournament, you don't really have that same fear here. Right. I mean, so like Django Fett and Zam Wessel, right? The two separatist fire sprays, that's a meta threat that, you know, usually you're thinking about, um, you know, when you're showing up to an event of like, okay, how do I deal with that? Um, well, you know, theoretically only one of your seven games would, would be that, right? Because there's only one separatist faction on each team that you'd have to worry about. Uh, but that being said, most teams did opt to bring right that that Django Zam. <laughs> of so course, there was a lot of Zam all over the XTC. I think it's pretty safe to say though that if this was a more traditionally structured event, there would have been a lot more Django Zam in the field. Also, probably true. <laughs> uh, the other thing to note too is that uh, because of the way the matchups are handled and set by the team captains, they're not random, which is also interesting. Right. In a normal Swiss tournament, you're like, okay, well, if I start doing well, then I'm more likely to play these meta lists, right? Um, but this, like, you get control of your matchups. And so you can bring a list that's, you know what, like, I really like this ace matchup, but if I get outbid, then I don't like it. Um, and, and so you can kind of have a little bit of that protection or, you know, this list really counters these things. And so you know, if I get those matchups, that's great. Otherwise, I don't want to place any, anything else. Um, and so there's a little bit of room for that. Uh, you can't really have all of your lists do that um, because you only have so much control in your matchups because your opponent's also trying to mess things up for you. Uh, but there is room for some weirder lists. So we do, uh, looking at kind of the overall win performances, there were, what I believe, what was it 252 games were played, Carson? Yeah, so each faction played 252 games at the XTC, uh, which is maybe just a weird number, but 
a way to kind of qualify that is like if you look at like half that number, right? So 126. Um, so if a faction won more than 126 games, well, then, you know, they're above average, right? They're performing pretty well. If they won less than that, then um, maybe they're, they're struggling a little bit. Like baseball, right? You can kind of get an overall feel for how a team's doing if they're above that 500 mark. Um, not surprisingly, the top faction in terms of, you know, total rounds won were the Separatists with 143, which is well above that margin, uh, that half point margin we were looking at, averaging uh, 3.8 wins per play. Right. And this isn't just fire sprays, right? There was definitely some droid swarms about. There was those HMP gunships uh, doing very well as, as well. Um Looking at down the list there, though, of uh, total wins for each faction, Empire, Scum, and Villainy, and Resistance follow next with 138, 134, and 132 wins, respectively, which I think is close enough to kind of really clump them all together. Uh, a little bit of an edge to Empire. Right, so a little bit more above average, um, but not not too far above average. They're doing well, but, but nothing exceptionally well. Maybe Empire a little bit. I, and I think that makes sense because Empire in extended they have just a ton of options and a lot of them are great. Like there was a lot of consistent things happening with the separatist faction. That was very good. But look at empire. It is all over the board. The empire just has a ton of great extended options. They're all over the place. You have, you can, you know, spam efficiency with barons or strikers or interceptor all using those uh, discipline talents. That's doing very well. There's of course, all of their aces, and then they have just a bunch of great mid-range options. You know, a lot of good I-4 pilots, Echo, Fifth Brother, things like that. Um, the Empire just has a whole slew of choices, and it, it does pretty well. I think Scum and Villainy also not surprising that it did so well here. I think a big part of that has to be access to the Zam Wessel crew card, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's maybe hurting Scum a bit here, I actually expected them to be doing a little bit better than what we see there is because they have a ton of options with what you can do with Zam. I don't think it was necessarily clear to players of like, okay, what is the optimal place I should be at with Scum? I think there's like so many choices and it's not really clear what the right direction is. Um, but a lot of it's like decent, right? Compared to like Separatists where Django and Zam seems like a pretty clear setup. Yeah, I mean, Scum has exceptionally powerful tools and, and like... Um, Will Haywood, our, our scum player, he brought that Zam Wessel Bosk and did uh, amazingly well with that. Um, and so there are these scum lists that did um, did very well. But I think on average, right, they're kind of a bit more all over the place. Now, we also look at the bottom of the list. So three factions fell under that 500 mark for total wins. Republic, Rebel Alliance, and in last place, sadly, the First Order, um, with at least 10 wins under that halfway mark. Uh, do you think, Carson, do you think this is an accurate representation or close to it of what's good and extended right now, faction-wise? Well, the Rebel faction really does stand out to me. Those Rebel tools are very powerful, and I'd expect them to be doing a little bit better than that. Not sixth in the list, right? Like, Hera is very good, and all the other focus setup ships. Like, that's incredibly powerful, and a lot of teams brought that. I think maybe what it was is also a factor of people didn't really take that next step forward and figure out, okay, once people figure out how to play against this, what is something that's going to give, um, give me an edge as a rebel player. And I think, I think the rebel players didn't quite take that next step forward. I think there was a lot of, okay, this list seems to be doing well. We're going to take this rebel list. Um, and then at, at this level of tournament, like 
players have put in the practice and are able to counter that. Um, I think that's sort of what happened with Rebels. First Order, I think they're doing some good things, right? You have Malrus with the Swarm, uh, and Kylo Ren is just still one of the best ships in the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem here is um, for extended just the lack of tool set because there's there's only so many ships you have in the first order faction. Um, so yeah, you don't it's have tough. As, yeah you don't have as open a tool set as you do with a lot of these more filled out factions. And you know the separatists compensated for that in that they don't need that many pilots right now to be good. Um, whereas the first order could have benefited from having a, a larger card pool. Same, I think, also goes for the Republic generally too. There's just no real standout piece for them right now. Right. I think well, what surprised me is that Republic was higher than First Order uh, because I think like they both are kind of struggling a bit, but I think First Order does have some great things that they're doing. And I don't know if really anything in Republic is like, that's great. I want to be doing that. I think they have a lot of okay options. I think we can say overall, though, not a shocker that Separatists performed uh, the best here out of all seven factions, given just the potency of what they have right now, particularly Zam Wessel just being insanely good. Yeah, and if you look at um, the five groups, right? So four out of the five groups, that top list is Separatists. Um, group D is a little weird where there's um, some okay resistance squads at the top of the ladder there. <laughs> but that's uh, your fault. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, right, we have a Polish Separatist list at the top. We have a Lithuanian Separatist list at the top. We have a... Um, Ireland separatist list at the top, right? We have a Serbia separatist list at the top. Like the separatists are doing very well. Um, and, and that's not surprising. Um, I think maybe we didn't touch on resistance that much, but there was a very common resistance list all over the place, just kind of spamming that efficiency. Um, you know, three T-70s um, and then two other ships almost always rose and then something else, whether that's Finn, uh, an A-wing, um, you know, something else in there. T-70s are so hard to kill. Yeah, just put a lot of hit points and throw red dice your opponent's way, right? Like, that res- is what Resistance is doing very well with. So, Carson, uh, we've done a look now back at Team USA's performance in the event. We've looked at the top 10. So how are you feeling going from a strong performance from Team USA? Now you've got about a month off before you have to really get ready for an intense weekend of X-Wing. How are you feeling about it? Well, I think a month off is uh, maybe a little bit misleading because between that, right, that's when we get ready for this. That's when we look at, okay, how did our lists do? Is there anything we want to change? Um, how did you know those other nine teams do? What do we expect from them? How are we going to prepare for that? There's a lot of work to happen um, between now um, and the end of August. Um, but all that will be kind of behind the scenes, right? People won't really see that work. So that only answered, I think half of your question or maybe not even the question you asked <laughs> it's okay i don't remember even what question i asked sure uh, uh, for- i mean so how are we feeling moving ahead um i think you know this was step one step one went very well for team usa uh, but it, it just gets harder from here yeah i i have good confidence though i know you're going to perform well and i have good confidence that team usa is going to do well if not take the whole thing sure hope so wouldn't that be fun Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. And if you like the show, please be sure to go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review saying why you like the show and why others should listen. It really helps us grow the show to reach a wider audience. 
And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. Carson, good luck with the finals coming up here in a month. And we will talk to everyone next week.